Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of God's word in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? amen. Alright, so Pro- Prosperity School Part 1. We want to approach this subject from a biblical point of view. So uh, we want to allow the scriptures shape our understanding on this most important subject. And I really beg you to pay attention because when we talk about prosperity, a lot of the things that will come to your mind is going to be the money issue. And that's where a lot of believers miss it. And so I believe that this teaching is going to lay the proper foundation for us to be able to work in the abundance and in the resource, you know, that God has ordained for us. So I like us to start with what I call the first things first. All right. So first things first. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 12, verse 10 to 12. John chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. First things first, John 1, 10 to 12. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Okay. Then verse 11 says, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. So you would find two things there, very important. Number one, the first one is that they did not know him. Right? And secondly, they did not receive him. She's talking about levels of awareness and levels of knowledge. They did not know him, and they did not receive him. Now, verse 12 says, But as many as received him... To them, the them here would be those who received him, right? As many as received him, he gave the right. The King James Version uses the word power. Now, there are two Greek words for power in the New Testament. There's exousia and there's dunamis. Dunamis means dynamic, explosive power. While the Greek word exousia means right. Now, if you pay attention to the word right, what that specifically is talking about is legal rights. Is legal rights. Okay? you have the legal right to be called the sons of God. So he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So those who believe in his name, just as you have believed in his name, you have a legal right to be called the son of God or a child of God. And this is very important. You have a legal right to be called the son of God. You're not just born again as a Christian badge. You have the right. You are legally a son of God. Please pay attention to what I'm saying. And it's very important to approach the subject of prosperity and increase from this mindset that you are legally a child of God. Now pay attention. Jesus is no more a son of God than you are a son of God. Are you following what I'm saying? It is the same blood that purchased you. And that is why the Bible says that he is the firstborn among what? Many brethren. And that he is not ashamed to call them what? 
brethren. So you must understand, very important, that we have the legal right to be called the sons of God. Now, go on. It says, who were born... Now, it's talking about your birth. And that is why this foundation is very important. It says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So, it means that when a man becomes a Christian, the most important thing in his life no longer is... Did my father want me? Did they want me? You know, and all of those whole stuff. You know, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Which means that when a, uh, uh, a person is a child of God, and this is why this training is important, you have to really start renewing your mind drastically about your natural birth. Now, a lot of believers still walk below their privileges when it comes to the abundance of God because the consciousness they carry is so much of a natural consciousness as opposed to a spiritual consciousness. So, for instance, and I'll just tell you, I remember uh, when, when we first came to plant the work here, I mean, some group of pastors called me very wonderful men of God, very, very amazing men of God. You know, they called me and they said they wanted me to be part of an association. I said, oh, interesting. It wasn't PFN. What was this? They said, um, it, it's Non-Indigenous Pastors Association. So I said, what does that mean? They say, oh, look at that. They say, oh, we pastors that are not from here, you know, we have an association. I said, oh. So I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not joining. So they say, oh, Why? So, I, you know, in, in, at the top of my head, I, I, I do not consider myself a non-indigent. You know, it's, I mean, that brought it up. But if the Lord sent me here, and the earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof, I can't be a non-indigent in my own father's land. Now, naturally, am I from here? No. But the truth of the matter is, I have so trained myself that that's not my first thought. I, I don't know if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Now, how does that affect me? I don't approach my walk like a stranger. I approach my walk like this is home. Now, how will that affect you? I'm using ministry. How will that affect you? It's like you come into this place and you're trusting God for a job. You need to stop reasoning at that level. Because some of us, and I know a couple of people, some of us by our confession naturally cut ourselves from prospering here because we come in here and we just say, you know what, I'm not from here. They favor people from here. I'm not from... And before you know, your confessions and your consciousness does not allow favor, increase, and openings to come to you because by default, you do not think that you are a child of God who has the right to prosper anywhere God sends that child. Are you following what I'm saying? So you've got to go back home and meditate on this scripture because there, there are consciousness you have to deal with to be able to come into the abundance of God. You have to stop talking about how you grew up, how your past was, how no one was there for you, how no one... You see, it's a helpless confession that you've built into your subconscious that um, blocks opportunities and favor from coming your way. So the first step in the school of prosperity is understanding your new birth and walking in the consciousness of it. Are you following what I'm saying now? And let me tell you, it's not just going to happen because you've heard it now. 
You have to take this message back. You have to meditate on it. You have to think through it. And even as I was preparing the message, there were certain things God was just dealing with in my mind concerning that. Renewing our mind where we walk on this earth like it's our father's earth. And we're not talking about our family upbringing. We are not um, giving ourselves those excuses. Let me, let me move, move away from here. It says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That means the new creation is born of the will of God. Now, when it says not of blood, it means that there is no natural curse in your bloodline that should affect you. Because when you became born again, you were no longer born of blood. So it doesn't matter if everybody in your family is poor, that's their choice. You are now a child of God and you don't have any business being poor. Except you choose to. And I will tell you, many people choose to be poor. Unconsciously. Alright. Now, Colossians 1.13, let me have that scripture quickly. Colossians 1.13 It says... Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 says, For he rescued us from the domain. Now, that word domain is kingdom. Kingdom. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, John 1, 11, 10 to 12 says we, we're born again, right? Now, that born again process transferred us into what? Into another kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Now, every kingdom has its laws. If you move from one kingdom to another, the most important thing for you to learn is how does this new kingdom function? You know, I was talking to a friend of ours who relocated out of the country. He's a pastor. So we were talking, and uh, so we were just, he was just saying, ah, man of God. So I, was saying, I said, how is the ministry? He said, ah, man of God, ministry here is not like Nigeria. You know here, you can get up from this service now and say, God has called you. And you go to one hall, you put flex banner, put signboard, print flyer, you have started church. You know, you can't do that abroad. There are certain places you can't have church and all of that. So, when you go out to start a ministry, what's the first thing you should know? What laws work here? Now, the challenge with Christians is that we are transferred into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of his son and into the kingdom of God, but we don't want to learn how prosperity functions or comes or is received in the kingdom. How does this happen? Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. Romans 12 1 to 2. So we've been transferred into another kingdom. We've been transferred into another kingdom. Now, it's interesting, pause here, Romans 12, 1, hold it, we'll come here. But it's interesting, and I'll talk about this when we deal with mindset as we go on. Do you realize, Paul says, the words of Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you remember I talked about that on Sunday? It's more what? Let's say it loud and clear, everyone. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Be honest. Do you think so? I, I don't think so also. But we have to believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Which means we have to renew our mind, come on now, to start believing that when I give, I'm more blessed. Do, do you see it now? In the kingdom of darkness, or in this world, what is more blessed? To, to receive, right? Do you think so? Do you think so? In this world, what's more blessed? To receive. What are the testimonies we, we share in church all the time? What we do what? What we receive. Do you think anybody just comes and says, I have a testimony, say what? Well, say, praise the Lord, I just gave seven million. No. Eh? Except after giving that seven million, fourteen comes. 
you, you understand? Well, well, I mean, something happened uh, a few days ago. And I was telling my wife, I was very happy about it. You know, my son did something and somebody blessed him with funds. And then he came to me and said, guess what? I said, what? He said, I give my highest offering today. The man was very happy. And I was happy for him that his joy was that he gave something huge to the Lord. And he was happy that he gave. It shows a level of maturity. It shows a level of, that that's what produces excitement for him. I was very glad. I felt like doubling his money for him, but I didn't. But do, are you understand what I'm saying? It shows a consciousness. That's what I'm trying to say. It shows a consciousness. Now, this consciousness might be there now because he's with his parents. You understand? I mean, the man really doesn't need anything in quotes. So this consciousness has to be built when he now starts living alone. He now checks transports, checks the price of tomatoes. Then I say, God, you know what? <laughs> are, you, are you following what I'm saying? That environmental factor will now begin to deal with that knowledge. That is where faith now comes in. Alright? So, it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'll deal with that. Paul says, let him who still steal no more, but let him labor with his hands. What is the purpose? So that he might have to give. Did you see that? Do you realize Paul did not say, let him labor with his hands so that he will have? Paul says, no. If you are stealing, he says, stop stealing. He says, go and walk so that you will have something to give. We will talk about that. Now, understand, I'm not, I'm not teaching this so that you will give, give, give. I'm not teaching this. But I want you to understand that when we come to the kingdom, we must renew our mind to this. Now, this is something I want to say about that verse. And I'll deal with it when I talk about mindset. There was no time in the Gospels where, Paul, where Jesus said that. So when Paul said, for our Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, it means that Paul got it by revelation. It was part of the things that God revealed to Paul because there was nowhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John where Jesus said it to the apostles. So it means Paul got this by revelation and, and that's why I said we should pray the prayer we prayed because when it comes to the subject of prosperity, one thing I have seen is that you know God needs to open your eyes to certain areas where you are lacking and if those areas are dealt with, you will just walk into abundance. Alright, so Romans chapter 12 verse 1 Therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service and, or worship verse 2 And do not be confirmed to this world okay, but be transformed by what? What, what, what produces that transformation? Now it is possible for a man to be in the kingdom of God but has not been transformed in his mind so even though he's in the kingdom of God he still thinks like he's in the world he still acts like he's in the world and he still talks like he's in the world so he says so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good, acceptable and perfect and some people have thought this as God has three wills there's a good will of God God's will is one the, the, that one will is good, is perfect and is acceptable okay, we're not going to go into that alright, so first things first we're born again children of God John 1, 10, 12 because we're born again, we'll be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Colossians 1.13 Because we've been translated, we have to renew and learn again how to think, operate, and walk in the kingdom of light. Okay? The kingdom of the son of his love is also referred to as the kingdom of light. Okay. Now, let me show you how God thinks about certain things and then we'll come back. Come with me to 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 11. Just to lay foundation and I pray the Lord will help us. 1 Kings chapter... 
3 and um, verse 11. Now, this was when Solomon became king, right? And, and he prayed. You know, he did the, the, the thousand bond offerings and he prayed. Okay, so in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 11. So, verse 10 says, And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. So, God met Solomon in the dream, right? After sacrifice and said, What do you want? Right? Now, let's be honest. If God comes to us right now in dream and says, What do we want? Come on, somebody tell me. What are you going to ask? Eh? Be honest. Come on, what are you going to ask? Money. And you are going to tell the angel, Make sure it's not naira. Let it come in pounds, dollars, and what? And euros. Okay. All right. So Solomon didn't ask that. So Solomon said, the Lord says, But God said to him, Because you've asked this thing. What is the thing he asked? Please go back to verse 8. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people which are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge these great people of yours? Imagine God appearing before you, and all you ask for is an understanding heart. Imagine you've met your friend after service and say, you know what? I had a dream. Jesus appeared before me. And he says, ask one thing. And he said, guess what? Guess what I asked? He said, ka. say no. To go abroad? say no. Okay, Canada. Have it, Canada. say no. Say, ask for a designing heart. Hey, moo, moo. What is designing heart? You know, because, I mean, you feel like it's not a big deal. But see the response of God. And I'm going to show, and why am I showing you this? Listen, even as we talk about prosperity school, I don't want you to make money the biggest thing about this school. Learn how God functions. Money will be the least thing you'll be concerned about in your life. And I'm telling you the truth. Look at what God said. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. That Solomon has asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and you have not asked for yourself long life, right? Because you have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there is... There will be no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. Verse 13, I've also given you what you have not asked. What did God give him that he has not asked? Come on, number one, riches and honor. Now go back to verse 11. Because you've asked for this thing, and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies. Pay close attention. What are the three things we ask of every time we pray? Ah, come on now. What in today's world and today's church? Is, are these not the three main prayer points? What are the three main prayer points? Riches, long life, and the life of our enemies. God says, because you didn't ask for these three, but you asked for a designing heart, I will give you riches. The first thing I want you to note in that statement, pay close attention, God is not against any man having riches. He says, I will give you riches. See, God is for you, not against you. It's not God keeping you poor. 
It's not God trying to teach you a lesson by poverty. It's what you don't know that's keeping you poor. He says, I will give you riches. If God says, I will give you riches, it means God can give riches. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you see, God says, I am glad you didn't make that the focus of your life. I am glad that was not what you asked for. You asked for a discerning heart. That means, child of God, a discerning heart is of more greater value in your prosperity pursuits than having riches and long life and the, the life of your enemies. You know why? Because once you have a discerning heart, all these things will follow. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? You know why I read this scripture? It's because I want to show you how the kingdom functions. That's why you see sometimes when we lead some prayers and say, pray that God will guide you. People feel it's not necessary. We say, pray, let God, let God, let God kill you with money. Say, yes, kill me with money. Let it fall on me. Money fall on me. Your hair, it looks. Because, you know, you haven't renewed your mind. You haven't renewed your mind. So, if we want to prosper the way God, and let me tell you, God is not keeping money away from us. God is not keeping increase away from us. No, a thousand times no. It's God's abundant nature to supply our needs. See, God is a good God. He is not, is not, is not in love with His children suffering lack. He does God nothing. No good thing for His children to suffer lack. Praise God. Now, so let's begin to study this word prosper. Let's look at this word prosper. Third John, third John 2. Have you followed up until that point? Alright, 3rd John 2. So ensure you get the message again and listen. Listen over again. 3rd John 2. 3rd John is just... Right? Beloved, I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, the word prosper there in the, in the Greek is the word eudo. Right? Eudo. The word prosper. It means to get along well. It means to get along well. It means to have a way opened. To have a way opened. To get along well. To have a way opened. To give you a prosperous journey. And I'm going to give you an example. To be successful. To have a way open to you. To have a way open to you. Now, that's what, that's what that word means. To have things open up to you. Right? To get along well. Now, this word is used, a place where it is used, I'll show you the Old and the New Testament, but a place where it's used in the New Testament is Romans 1.10. Romans 1.10. Romans chapter 1 and verse 10. Paul says, Always in my prayers, always in my prayer making requests, if perhaps now at least by the will of God I may succeed in coming to you. So that word prosper, Paul says I may succeed in coming to you. Okay. Now read um, the NLT translation, the New Living Translation. The word prosper. The word prosper, we're investigating that word prosper. The New Living Translation, look at this. It says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity. The opportunity. Right? The opportunity. Now, 
If he uses the word prosper, uses the word succeed, and uses the word opportunity, pay attention to this, that means, and I'll talk to you about the seven levels of wealth before we go into the full nature of God, that means a form of wealth can be referred to as opportunity. Yeah? But how many of us see opportunities as wealth? We don't see it as wealth. We are not even grateful for the opportunities that God has given to us because we don't see that opportunity as God prospering us. You know, for us, if the account balance is not changing, we are not prosperous. Now, pay very close attention to what I'm saying here. One of the things that has to change ultimately before cash starts flowing into your life is how you see yourself and how you see life and how you see things. There was this story, uh, those days when I used to read a lot of motivational books, there was this story I read about some people going to um, a land where people don't wear shoes and they were shoe marketers, alright? So they go to a land where people don't wear shoes but they are shoe marketers. And one of the salespersons says, oh, we're not going to make any sales in this land. And it's obvious, right? Hey, come on, are you following me? It's obvious that they won't make sales, right? Why do you think it's obvious that they won't make sales? Because they don't wear shoes. Another, the second salesman went and said, wow, we're going to make massive sales in this land. It's obvious that they will make massive sales, right? Why do you think they'll make massive sales? Because they don't wear shoes. So what is this second salesman going to do? He's going to teach them about shoes, show them images about shoes, and he's going to be the first guy to sell shoes to them. How many of you know these two people went into that same place? And because of this one word, opportunity, one will end up as the richest man ever, and one will end up as the poorest man ever. So if the Lord opens your eyes to see opportunities, he's already prospering you. I know you like miracle money. <laughs> but what the scripture teaches, right, consistently is the Lord giving his people opportunity. That's why you realize one thing is, you know, most people say this in their life, and I don't agree with it again forever. When people say, in this life, nobody helped me. Nobody gave me opportunity. There was no one for, there for me. In my 16 plus years of pastoring, I've realized every single person in this world, God gives them opportunity. They either don't recognize it or they misuse it. There's no one person who can stand before God and say, no one gave me opportunity. That opportunity might not come from your family members. It might not come from people close to you. But I bet at one time or the other in your life, opportunities have been given to you that you could have maximized to make the best out of your life. But you just threw it away. So one of the prayers you need to pray consistently is, Lord, give me a discerning heart to see opportunities. Are you, are you here? Come on, are you here? Alright, so let's, um, let's see an Old Testament example of this. Prosperity, success, getting along well in life. Go, go with me to Genesis chapter 24, verse 21. Genesis 24, 21. Genesis 24, 21. 
So what I want you to do this month, combine all the messages we're teaching, faith school, prayer school, prosperity school, listen to all of them together. If you immerse yourself totally in these things, I tell you, the next months of this year will be just explosive for you because you know what to do. You know how to work in Jesus' name. All right. Genesis 24 and verse what? 21. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord has made his journey successful or not. The word used there in the King James is to know whether the Lord has made his journey prosperous or not. How many of you know this story? He said, go get a wife. Right? And he, he prayed and said, Lord, the wife you want for Isaac, uh, let her feed the camels. I, you know, I studied this. I wrote a book about it many years ago. My first time of writing, but I didn't publish the book. The book was titled Rebecca. And I studied, um, I studied how many gallons of water uh, how many gallons of water a camel drinks? How many, uh, how many camels this particular person carried? And boy, I tell you, the, the, the amount of camels Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca gave. I'm sure if this young man has prayed this prayer in 2023, there will be no wife. Because the, the <laughs> you know the girl just say, so you are there as a man. I'm carrying buckets. You are looking. You are not my spec. This one, uh, I'm telling you this, and you know. But let's leave that matter. You know that matter will drag us to another. But he was just gazing and watching. So prosperity to him, pay attention, was finding the right wife for Isaac. So marrying the right wife. Is prosperity. Marrying the wrong one. You know what it is. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you are praying for... Because there are people who have money, but they have married wrongly. So prosperity here was ensuring. Say, Lord, prosper this journey. And the prosperity of this journey was that they married the right person. I want you to see prosperity from... A holistic perspective. Don't just see it in your account balance. So if you are married to the right <laughs> if you are married to the right man and the right woman, already you have prospered. The account balance is still low, but it's just a matter of time. The account balance will catch up with that good marriage. That's why I say he that finds a wife. What does he find? Huh? A good thing. What does that good thing bring? Obtain favor from the Lord. That's why as a lady, you should be conscious of the fact that who marries me, I am bringing favor to that home. You are not thinking of a poor person that a man is going to come and rescue from your family poverty and help to now train your young girl. You, you see, you see, <laughs> you see, that thinking alone means you have to go and listen to part one where we started from. You have to stop thinking of using marriage as a trap for poverty alleviation and generational empowerment. You know, because now this is what will happen. If you are thinking that way, you will not be led right. Because anybody who does not have money already do not fill the gap. Meanwhile, that might be the person that God has ordained for you that in your work together, you walk in wealth. Are you following this? (laughs) 
Now go to Genesis 24:40. Let's read that. I want you to see that. And the reason I'm sharing all of this is I want I want you to start walking with the image, right? By God's word as I, that I'm sharing with you, right? See the image I want you guys to start walking with. I am not a poor person trying to get rich. Rather, I am a wealthy person that God has prospered, that God is opening his eyes to how, on how to do what? Access my wealth. You've got to deal with that image of, you know, we the poor people, we are struggling, you know, my hustle. That's why I hate, I, I, you know, I, that's one word I, I, I detest. You know, we, 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 we have a way we accommodate that consciousness. And that's the consciousness that makes us not to give. Every, every opportunity we see, we want to grab. When we get into a place, it's collecting that is the issue. How to receive. You meet someone, it's how to get. Now, let me, let me just say this quickly, and I pray the Lord helps me when I get there. You know, when you have that mindset and an opportunity comes, you don't see the opportunity like, I should give my best value and more opportunities will come. You see the opportunities that this one that has come, are you hearing what I'm saying? Let us do what? Gather as much as we can. So instead of doing something, for instance, for extra 500 and this person trusts you and gives you 1 million jobs, you increase the team by 40,000, this person finds out and says, for the rest of my life, I'm not doing anything with you again. Why? Because instead of seeing opportunity as prosperity, you saw opportunity as a place to grab. And that's why for many of us, our relationships don't last. Because the relationship is collecting. Alright. And you know that's what we also teach people in relationships. Hmm? So some of you will leave good people. Say, me had a guy. Ah, guy. Mm. It's not a giver. It's not a giver. It's not a giver. He doesn't remember my birthday. Doesn't remember the anniversary. What anniversary is he talking about? Anniversary of the first call. Say the first call. The first time you called me and I pick was on the seventeenth. Have you forgotten? Say no, I have not forgotten. So you people are celebrating anniversary of first call. Not marriage, or they are not married yet. You don't give. You don't sow. And so a default image is because I am a lady. I always have to do what? Let's go. Verse 40. He said to, to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you to make, that's what uh, Abraham told the servant, to make your journey successful and you will take a wife from my son, from my relatives and from my father's house. Look at what Abraham said. He says, the Lord's angel will go before you and will make your journey successful. Now, pay very close attention. What is prosperity in this verse of scripture? It simply means that while Eliezer was traveling to go and get a wife for Isaac, what was happening? The angel of the Lord was prompting what? Rebecca, to leave her house to go and fetch water. Now, if you read Ecclesiastes, and it's part of what I'm writing in, in the book, uh, Faith in God, what we're teaching. It says the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, and all that. Then it says time and chance happen to them all. But if you read the New Living Translation, it says 
It is about being at the right place. At what? At the right time. Do you know what prosperity is? Prosperity is when God starts ordering your steps and putting you in the right place at the right time. You just realize your boss is thinking, who should we send to Lagos? That's the moment you just fail to go and give him and you just look up and say, oh, can you travel? You see, that's not just money. That's being at the right place at the right time. So what's prosperity? We find out from scripture that prosperity is the angel of the Lord's presence ordering things in your life for you that things will be at the right place and at the right time. You don't enter the wrong vehicle. Right? You're entering the right vehicle. You just find out that you're in a place where someone knows you, where someone can help you. I can't forget. Let me just share this story very quickly. There was a time I went to, to Abuja and um, I needed to apply for uh, a, a, a visa. And uh, you know all these visa things. They change the thing all the time. I'd flown there and I was come back the next day and I went to the embassy and they said, oh, this particular um, um, what's it called? bank statement needed to be stamped. You can't use it. I'm like, what do I do? So I walked into a bank, uh, a random bank, a GT bank in Abuja. I walked into the bank. I mean, of course, this bank was big. And I was standing and there were a lot of people, you know, on queue waiting to be attended to. And I need, needed to get back to the embassy before uh, they closed. And also I was coming back the next day, so I couldn't. So I, and just standing there, I just felt in my heart there was a, a, like a, bl- a block somewhere here. So I just felt in my heart, go to the other side. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what's on the other side. I just felt, you know, go to the other side. Go. So I just left the queue, went around, turned around this building. Immediately I just came up this way. A guy saw me. He says, are you Pastor Maxwell? Are you Pastor Maxwell? I said, yes. He said, oh, I've been following you on Facebook. Da, 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 da. Ah, what are you here for? I said, oh. This is what I want. He said, don't worry. Sit down here. Sit down here. I'll go and get it for you. I'm like, ah. Right place, right time. What are the chances that I went to the bank where someone has been for? And the truth of the matter is that if I had not made that turn, the guy would have never seen me because it was... Now, what am I trying to say? That's prosperity. It didn't increase my bank account. He didn't give me much money, but what just happened is that the Lord prospered my journey. Are you following what I'm teaching tonight? So I want us to see it from this perspective. Before we get into the money part, I want you to start seeing some of these things as the things the Lord gives to his children. Which means that where you are right now, you are not broke. Why? Because God's already given you opportunities. Number two, the Lord has already been putting you at the right place at the right time. And the more you deepen your knowledge in these things, the opportunities will begin to expand. Let me tell you the truth. Prosperity simply just means that whatever you're doing right now is scaled to the next level. That's what it means. Your value is scaled to the next level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, say amen if you're here. Alright, go to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 8. You know Joshua 1 8, right? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, The book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Success. 
The word there is shalak, Hebrew. Shalak. It means to advance. It means to make progress. It means to bring to successful end. To cause to prosper. To move forward. Every time you attain progress, you have prospered. You see, we, we make prosperity a destination where we are millionaires. And, and I'll tell you this. The greatest thing you have to deal with on your way to wealth is dealing with that consciousness that you are poor. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. You see, immediately it is dealt with by the word of God, you will realize that opportunities will begin to come your way. The way you think when you walk into a place will be different. Are, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? So to prosper here means to shalak, to advance, to make progress, to bring something to a successful end. We're looking at prosperity from a biblical view. Now, so prosperity is not just money. It's much more than money. Prosperity is not just money. It's much more than money. So let me, let, let me, let me say some things and I'll talk about the seven dimensions of wealth. So prosperity is succeeding in what you're doing. Prosperity is succeeding in what you are doing. Prosperity is succeeding in what you're doing. Number two, prosperity is making progress in what you're doing. Prosperity is succeeding in what you're doing. Prosperity is making progress in what you're doing. Number three, prosperity is also the relationships that God has blessed you with. Prosperity is the relationships that God has blessed you with. Prosperity is the opportunities that God has granted you. So prosperity is succeeding in what you're doing. Prosperity is making progress in what you're doing. Prosperity is relationships that God has blessed you with. And prosperity is the opportunities that God has granted you. The opportunities that God has granted you. Then, prosperity is insight and skills that God has deposited within you. The insight and the skills... That God has deposited within you. And then lastly, prosperity is the ease and the favor that God has granted you in your journey. The ease and the favor that God has granted you in your journey. So prosperity is more than money. I'll go over the list again. Then we'll talk about the seven dimensions of wealth. Number one, succeeding in what you are doing. That's prosperity. To succeed in what you're doing. Number two, to make progress in what you're doing. Those of you who, who wrote, let's go over it together. Did you, did you get all, all of it? Okay, so number one. What's number one? Succeeding in what you're doing. We said prosperity is more than money. So number one, succeeding in what you're doing. Number two, making progress in what you're doing. Number three, the relationships that God has blessed you with. Number four, opportunities that God has granted you. Number five, Insight and skills that God has deposited with you. In you, sorry. Next one. Ease and favor that the Lord has granted you. Now, let me say something here. I'll come back here. 
and I'll talk about the seven dimensions of wealth. So the next topic is seven dimensions of wealth. So you can write that down. How many of you really are grateful for the relationships that God has given to you? Right? And that's why one of the things the enemy does is to fill your heart with offense against God-given relationships which are your key to prosperity. I used to say it before when I was immature. I don't say it now. Listen, not everybody in this life is irreplaceable. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, we can just have this mindset that I don't care about you. Hey, no matter what happens, if you go, God will bring several more people. Oga, don't take that risk. Oh. When Lot left Abraham, listen, like I said, I used to say that before when I was immature. I don't say it anymore. I rather pray for myself that every God-ordained relationship, God gives me the maturity to stay there. Do you realize when Lot left Abraham, that was it? I said, that was it. Did you see God... <laughs> did you see Lot appear anywhere else in Scripture? Do you realize... Listen, let me just say this very quick. Do you realize at the end of the day, Lot was actually out of the picture? See, there are God-ordained... Rela- and you must pray for God-ordained relationships. Another relationship is Paul and Barnabas. When the Lord put them as a team, Acts chapter 13, the Lord says, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them. Paul and Barnabas quarreled over Mark. Right? Guess what happened? When that division happened, Barnabas never showed up in Scripture again. Even though John Mark later came to meet Paul, Barnabas was... See, there are God-ordained relationships. You pray for your heart and say, Lord, humility of heart. Are you following what I'm saying? And one of the ways God prospers you is to give you relationships. He will make you relate with certain people, gives you access to certain people. And one of the ways to identify God ordained relationship is this. When this relationship happened, what came into my life? You would you will see increase, you will see opportunities. Then the other thing you need to do is you need to also be spiritually sound because the enemy will try to fight that relationship because the enemy actually also wants you to experience decrease. That's where you have to protect God-ordained relationships. And I can talk to you about Jonathan and uh, David. David was ordained to be king. What is the God-ordained relationship that helped him to get into the throne? Jonathan, who was the son of Saul. I mean, all through scriptures. That's no Seven dimensions of wealth. Seven dimensions of wealth. Number one, seven dimensions of wealth. What, what are the various forms of wealth? Hmm? Seven dimensions of wealth. Number one, wisdom. 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 And I thank God we have three Fridays to go over this. So, wisdom. Number two, vision. Number one, wisdom. Number two, vision. You would always realize that when God gives you a certain vision, resources follow that vision. Right? So, sometimes God will not give you resources. He will give you what? Vision. And I can show you from scriptures. Jacob, right? When he was working with Laban and God wanted to prosper him, what did God give him? Gave him a vision of the speckled trees and says, God gave him a vision. That was, that was what God gave him. Some of us, our money is locked up in the vision God gave us. We are waiting for money. Meanwhile, we have a vision. We have a talent. We have an ability. We have something that God is giving to us. That through that, the resources will come. So vision. Number three, knowledge and skills. Knowledge and skills. 
knowledge and skills. We're talking about the seven dimensions of wealth. That's why one of the things I'm trusting the Lord to help you is you leave this place not thinking of yourself as a poor person. You know that with all these things God has given to me, it's a matter of time. What will happen? The money will flow. So your focus is not just money because many people focus on money, throw away their vision. Focus on money, throw away wisdom. Right? Focus on money, throw away their knowledge and skills. Number five. Number four, a good name. A good name is wealth. The Bible actually says that a good name is better than riches. Right? A good name. A good name. You don't know what your name can... (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. Some, all we have to do to scatter a party is to mention your name. Immediately you say, brother, okay, uh, I need to go now. Name is gone. See, preserve your name. Protect your name. Let your name not close doors. And this is not prayer point. Eh? Let me tell you, and I've, I've realized this about life. See, the truth of the matter is that there is none of us that people are not discussing. You say, eh, people are just discussing me. Except you are dead. And if you are dead, they will discuss you. That you are dead. Can I tell you how things work in this life? Every day, people are discussing you and making decisions regarding you. That is the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me use myself as an example. Right? We had Pastor's Appreciation Day. Hmm? So I believe that for some people that gave me things that are married. Right? Example, I'm not saying God showed me. I'm just... But I believe that for some people that got married, they discuss what can we give to pastor. Am I right? Let's say, an example please. Let's say the husband says, I think we should give pastor 200,000. The husband says, ah, no, 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 no. You see, that no, 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 no. With each no, 10,000 was removed though. So five no, 50,000 just left my money like that. Now, it might look like it was a casual decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that's the point prosperity happens. If the, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay, let me use another example so that you don't start feeling guilty and bring the balance later. But if you are feeling guilty, tell your husband to send the balance. The account is still open. But let me use, use myself as an example. There was a time, I mean, someone came around to, to minister. We have normally what as a church, we've, we have, for everybody that comes to preach here, we have a standard of what we give. I mean, that's not an issue. So I just told Pastor Mary, oh, this one we're blessing this person. Pastor Mary, no, no, I, I think we, we should be, be of a blessing. We should bless this person more. You know, because Pastor said that, of course, I mean, I agreed with my spirit. We bless the person more. Now, if the name of that person is bad, what do you think will happen? Hey, talk to me now. What do you think will happen? They'll reduce what they are giving. What's your name? Don't, because of money, destroy your name. Your name is a greater resource than money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if money fails, your good name will bring much more money. And how do you protect your name? Fruit of the Spirit. Go and listen to that message again. Self-control, patience, long-suffering. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fruit of what? Spirit. Okay. The next one, relationships. Relationships. Number five, relationships. Seven dimensions of wealth. Number one, wisdom. Two, vision. Three, knowledge and skills. Number four, a good name. 
Number five, relationships. Number six, real assets. Okay, lands. Lands. Now, let me explain something to you very, very importantly. God places priority on lands. And that's why you realize that when the Lord was promising the children of Israel, He promised them what? Lands. And when they were to go into captivity in the book of Jeremiah, you will see what the Lord told them. He says, when you go to that land, He says, do what? Build houses, plant vineyards, take ownership of land, own a piece of the place. You see, always think in terms of land. Always think in terms of land. God values land. God gives land. God gives people portions of land. Always think in terms of of, of land, of owning properties. Very, very good. Then number seven is cash. Okay? So, the least form of wealth is actually cash. It's actually money. Alright, so let's go over that list again and see where we are. Seven dimensions of wealth. Number one, wisdom. Number two, vision. Number three, knowledge and skills. Number four, a good name. Number five, relationships. Number six, real assets or real estates. Number seven, cash. Okay. So these are seven dimensions of wealth. So one of the things you want to do as, as a byproduct of this school is you want to list these seven things out and begin to, you know, number one, invest in wisdom. Pray about wisdom. Pray that God will give it to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Number two, you want to invest in your vision. What's my vision? What's my overriding vision? Number three, you want to look at yourself. What are my knowledge? What are my skill sets? And number four, you want to look at your name. You, all right? I mean, you want to build integrity with your name. You want the fact that when your name is mentioned, it's opening doors. Relationships. You want to look around your relationships. No relationships to invest in. Then you want to look at, you know, real estate and properties. And then you, you know, the final thing is money. So, if you understand this as dimensions of kingdom prosperity, then you will begin to walk with the consciousness as opposed to a poverty mindset. Now, let me explain something to you. Out of all these seven dimensions of wealth that I've mentioned. The truth of the matter is that everybody in this place has the first five. Uh, well, to a large extent. <laughs> I just say to a large extent. There's a degree of wisdom as a fellowship with the Lord. There's a degree of vision. There's a degree of knowledge and skills. There's a degree of a good name. You know, but people not end up destroying the name, but this is, you know, there's a degree of relationships around you. And so all these things are usually around us, Right? So how we build on them and how we develop them becomes how we increase, all right, and build. Okay, so if you understand this as dimension of kingdom prosperity, then you begin to walk with the consciousness as opposed to what? A poverty mindset. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And uh, the blessing and the curse, Deuteronomy 28. Now, follow me very carefully here. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And um, I'm going to read the blessing first. And then I'm not going to talk about... I'm going to talk about the blessing and the curse. Okay? But I really want you to understand something. The curse is not a matter of a location. The blessing is not a matter of a location. And this is very important. Please don't miss this. The, the Bible says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he added no sorrow. The blessing and the curse is what you essentially carry in your spirit. It's a spiritual substance. 
It's a spiritual substance. And that's why if you understand how the blessing works, it does not matter where you are. It's just a matter of time. That blessing will flow out of your spirit and will attract natural resources to you. So I want you to pay attention. And let me just say this before I forget. A lot of people have said, well, the New Testament is not big on money. And I've explained that to you many times. That the reason the New Testament is not so focused about the material riches of people explain to us how many um, chariots people had, what they had, and all of that, is because the focus of the New Testament was that Jesus had come and it was focused on salvation. And the Old Covenant, the New Covenant is better and on better promises. If in the Old Testament God wanted His children to prosper and to increase, He will not reduce that in the New Testament. Rather, He will improve on that. Amen. So are you there in Deuteronomy 28? Alright, let's read verse 1. We're going to stop in verse 13 or verse 14. Deuteronomy 28. It says, Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, it says, The Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. It says, All these blessings, and why it is important we study this, is for us to come to a place in our life where we are not confusing the blessing with the curse. Don't let anybody confuse you with, you know, confuse you and talk about the blessing as the curse and the curse as the blessing. No. God had made a distinction in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I want you to study it when you go back home. Study this whole chapter with the New Living Translation. Take time and study it. That's why, you know... (laughs) Take your time and study this. Just go back home, take your time, invest some knowledge and study it. Let's go on. It says, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Number three, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beast, the increase of your head and the young of your flock. You know they were an agricultural society, so a lot of these terms were agricultural. You could replace all of that with the business you do now. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in. And blessed you, sh- you be when you do what? When you go out. Verse 7. The Lord shall curse your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your bands and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord gives you. Look at the land again. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Verse 10. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Everybody say abound in prosperity. Did you see that? Come on, how many of you believe God for that? What will the Lord make us do? Abound in prosperity. Let's say one more time. The Lord will make us do what? abound in prosperity. So the Lord doesn't want us to reduce in prosperity. The Lord wants us to do what? To abound in prosperity. Praise God. Alright. He says the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offsprings of your body and in the offsprings of your beast and in the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. He says the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless how many work? All the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow. Verse 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you only will be above, and you will not be underneath. If you listen, if you listen 
to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully. And do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left, or to go after other gods and serve them. So God says the condition for walking in this dimension of prosperity is to listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey what He tells you. Now that's very important, verse 13. That's very important. Why is that important? It tells me that if a child of God wants to walk in the abundance that God has ordained for them by inheritance, the greatest thing they should learn is obeying the voice of God and obeying the word of God. Obeying what? The voice of God and obeying what? The word of God. Which boils down to your personal relationship with God. That the source of kingdom prosperity is based on your personal relationship with God. Is based on your personal relationship with God. Listening to the voice of God and obeying the word of God. I just gave you an example now of when I went to the, to the embassy in Abuja. And the voice of the Lord says, go this way. And I went there and listen, if I haven't heard that, I would have come back, complained, you know, the how things are bad in this country. I mean, all kinds of complaints. See, the voice of God will put you over. And remember, that's very important, all these things that God promised, there was none he asked you to seek after. In fact, when he talked about, look at verse, because I've said this all the time. Look at verse 7. He says, the Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. He says, they will come against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. This was not a prayer point. It's part of the blessing. It's part of the blessing. You see, one of the reasons, and I, I maybe, I mean, God opened my eyes to that very early. One of the reasons that I'm not conscious of enemies around me all the time was because I read the blessing of Abraham. I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And I have this scripture underlined in my Bible, that if you come before me, if an enemy rises up against me, the Bible says the Lord will cause them to be defeated. It's part of the blessing. Okay, so... This is the blessing, okay? I want, to, I want to examine the course. Now, when you read, it's interesting. The blessing is 13 verses, right? The blessing, not really 13 verses. The blessing is about 12 verses because the blessing actually starts from verse 3 to verse 13, right? It's just short. The curse is 53. I, I, you know, because the curse is as manifold ways of manifesting. The causes are 53. And um, I've taken my time to study the curses. That's why maybe it has come out of my mouth once or twice. But that's why you will never hear me say I'm confused. I never say that word. Because confusion is part of the curse. Wisdom is the blessing. You know, some of you take pleasure in only, ah, I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. You will be confused. What about leaning on the wisdom? I, 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 I rarely use that word. It doesn't matter how complex the situation is. You never hear me use the word I'm confused because it's part of the curse. Since I was saying confusion, you won't know what to do. 
And you know why confusion is part of the curse? Because when you read Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the original Hebrew rendering of that when it says, you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success, is you shall be able to deal wisely with the affairs of life. That's what that word success in the Hebrew means, the original Hebrew. That prosperity is being able to deal wisely with the affairs of life. So when you are somebody who is consistently confused, you are not able to deal wisely with the affairs of life, you will fail. Stop saying that. You are looking for matches. You are confused. You are looking for everything. You are confused. Eh? They will show you two shirts, three shirts, to, to, uh, especially my, my sisters. Say, this gun, this one, this one, which you want to say, ah, I'm not confused. Though. I'm confused. What, what do you, what is, what was confusing you for three shirts? You are not the one to sew it. Just choose a style you want. You are now confused. What are you processing in your brain that three shirts are confusing you? You see, learn, learn to use your words for the forderance of your life. Don't use your words to pull yourself back. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Don't use your, You see, the Bible even warns us about careless jokes. There are jokes that should not come out of your mouth. There are jokes that should not come out. There are words that shouldn't come out of your mouth. Give you four hairstyles. Oh, I'm confused. Your mates are building apps and going to space. Four hairstyles have confused you. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, I have the wisdom of God. Oh, say one more time. Say, I have the wisdom of God. Say one more time. Say, I have the mind of God. Yeah. Have the mind of God. You know, as you walk with the Lord, the Lord will start instructing you. You know, I I I discovered all of, of a recent. I've all I've I've been saying that all the time. You know, myself and Pastor Mary talking. We just ah, I mean, we're getting old. We're getting. You know, we're just saying it. We're just saying it. You know, and a few days ago I was praying, and the Lord began to just bring up all those conversations in my mind. Say, what about if you say a youth has been renewed like that of an eagle? What about if you say that? What about if you say that? What about if you say that? Because as you say that, the image on your heart is, oh, you know, I'm getting old, I'm getting weak. That's the image. What about if you say, my youth has been renewed like that of an eagle? You see, your walk with God, God will begin to point out certain areas where you need to make adjustments. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why as you're listening to these teachings, I say pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation because what God wants to do is to show you areas where you need to make adjustments and you, you just discover the flow of resources. Okay, let's do something in five minutes because I want us to pray for like five, ten minutes and then we'll close. So we're going to continue from here. A total of 53 courses, right? So I took time to study all the courses. And the courses, I want to break them down into one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe about eight categories of curses. Alright? So, why are we taking our time to go over the curses? Because if we go over the curses, we can actually know what the blessing is. It can help us identify the blessing. So, one of the curses is mental and emotional curse. Mental and emotional curse. Uh, give me verse 20 in the NLT translation, please. Verse 20 in the NLT translation. Mental and emotional curse. It says, the Lord himself will send you curses. Look at this. Confusion and what? Frustration. Just look at the word. Write the scripture down. Look at the, the slide. We'll send on you what? Curses. What, what, what is the definition of these curses? Confusion and what? And frustration in everything you do. 
So confusion and frustration is a curse. Why? Because wisdom is prosperity. Knowledge is prosperity. Insight and skill is prosperity. So confusion and frustration. It's an emotional curse. Give me verse 28 in the NIV. Verse 28 in the NIV. The Lord will afflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. So you see that confusion of mind. Confusion of mind. So confusion of mind is a curse. The unsettlement in your mind. And that's why one of the things that God does for you is to give you peace. The peace that passes understanding. The Bible says it will keep him in perfect peace. What? Whose mind is stayed on him. One of the greatest areas you need to prosper is your mind. Your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That unsettled nature of, the, of your mind is why you destroy God-ordained relationships. Once you are angry, you don't mind anymore. You just utter words, just curse, just blast. They will not be holy say, no, leave me. Let me just tear them my mind. And the mind is this confused mind. You are just releasing words out. And before you know, a relationship is destroyed beyond repair and you want to prosper. This is not just to friends, customers. Hmm? How many of you have gone to buy things from people that they release their minds to you and you told yourself, eh? come on somebody. And you know that, that person will, will organize prayer points for destiny helpers. But yet the confusion of mind will not allow destiny helpers to say, it's your mind. And what the enemy does is to release things to attack our minds. It's part of the curse. Verse 34 NIV, verse 34, quickly. Verse 34. It says, the sight you see will drive you mad. You're going to see things. <laughs> that will just drive you mad. That's why one of the things you have to learn to do is to watch what you watch on social media. Your mind. If you're not allowing these curses to be inflicted in your mind and in the image you have in your heart. Verse 65, NIV. 65, NIV. Among those nations you find no rest, repose, no resting place for the soul of your field. Therefore the Lord will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing and a despairing heart. Anxious mind, anxiety of the mind. You have to deal with anxiety. That's why the Lord says, cast your cares upon him. Do not be anxious. So the, you see, sometimes it's the anxiety of the future that makes us to make wrong decisions. We are anxious about the future. And these are all forms and manifestation of curses. And that's why your mind has to be renewed. To tell yourself, no, my mind is stayed on God. Praise God. And if you discover an area of your mind where you are very anxious, get scriptures and deal with it. That will open a door for the manifestation of the curse. You are anxious about uh, uh, getting married to the wrong person, deal with it. And I, I don't know, I mean, I, I know growing up among guys, you know, people had all these fears about marrying. I, I really never had those fears. Had the word of God. Prayed the word of God. Knew that my steps would be ordered. There were some people that every time they pray about marriage, it's Lord, I will not marry the wrong person. I will not marry Jezebel in the name of Jesus. I will not marry Delilah in the name of They knew all the names of all the wrong women. They knew Delilah, they knew Jezebel, they knew... Uh, uh, Ahab's wife, right? Okay, that's Jezebel. They knew all the, the names of all the evil women in scriptures. They didn't know the names of the good ones. 
You see, as you are focusing on those evil women, those are the ones coming up in your heart. So once you see somebody, say, ah! Son, it's like Delilah. I've seen it. <laughs> because your, 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 your spirit does not have any picture to pick from, right? Did you, did you, did you guys play cards? Like, did you play cards? Right. Some of you played cards, right? Not with gambling. You played it with a pure heart. Because, <laughs> you know, there's this card, right, that you, you match. What's it called now? Spade, heart. Is it heart and love? <laughs> it's been a long time. But you know how that card is, right? Then there's spade, then you try to match what is there. Now, if, if, if let's say there's heart on the, on the floor and you don't have heart, right? What do you do? You go to the market, right? Is there a better word for it? That's what we used to do. You go to markets to try to get... Is there another word for it? So that won't look very old. Right. What's that? You go to jail. So Sorry. <laughs> it's not me that will go to jail. Sorry. Okay. All right. So, what I'm trying to say is this, right? If there's... And listen, this is a very powerful principle. If there's an image on ground, and that image is not in you, you can't access that image. You either have to go and extract that image from somewhere to fit in. That's why Jesus said, he says, the prince of this world comes and he finds nothing in me. Which means that Satan comes around me and there's no image that Satan has that I have. So Satan cannot afflict me. Proverbs says this, a curse costless shall not come. Which means that a curse cannot operate on a person's life if there is no opening for that curse to match. So if I go about all saying, I don't even know why people don't like me. I don't even know why people don't like me. I'm giving an example. And a spirit of disfavor is hovering around the atmosphere. How many of you know that if the spirit of disfavor presents its card on the ground and I look at my heart, what do I do? You think there's an image that matches that? Yes, there's an image that matches that. And if that thing happens, I have given what the scripture calls a foothold for the enemy. And that is why in the story of Job, you would find that that foothold was in the fear that was in his heart about his children disobeying God. And let me tell you this, parents. Let me tell you this. The greatest thing you can ever do for your child is not to be afraid that that child will miss God. The day God settled this revelation in my heart. And for my children, I don't have an iota of fear. You see, you can, you can, you can do it very potent. I'm, I'm praying for you. I say you will not miss God. Though. Hey, this child, you will not miss God. You are afraid. Stop saying anything. Go back to your prayer room until you are so sure that it's not even a matter of confessing. And you know one scripture that settles in my heart says, Great shall be the peace of your children because they shall be taught of the Lord. You know the day God gave me that revelation? You know how that revelation settled in my heart? Just as you hire a private lesson teacher to teach your children math because you, in quotes, you're not good in math or you're not good in these things. So you hire a private to help them pass. God says, I will be the private lesson teacher of your children so that they would have peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me explain this to you. Maybe this will help somebody. Maybe this is a word of knowledge. Imagine you now take a private lesson teacher to come and teach your children math, right? And why that teacher, some of you are teaching, teaching, teachers here, right? Why that teacher is teaching? 
eh, you will come out and say, hey, study well, oh, teach him well, oh, so he will not fail. Oh, hey. you, 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 you know, at a point, the teacher will come and say, Madam, do you want me to teach? Uh, come on, how many of you know? You, you will make, see, your confidence in hiring that teacher. When you are discussing about your child writing exams, you just say, oh, I know he will pass. Why? Why? Because you've hired an extra teacher. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If God is the one that will teach your children and give them peace, stop all those anxiety. And you know why the anxiety builds up? Because every time, even before we had children, they had prepped us that teenagers don't listen to God. Ah, teenage children. Hmm. You just say, don't worry. Don't, that teenage years, I don't know. Hey, I don't. So we are just waiting. We are waiting. So immediately you send the child something, and the child just say, no. Say, hey, hey, it has started. Oh, Father, my case will be different. You see, you are afraid. I use my brother as, a, as an example. My brother is one child, my younger brother, is one child that grew up from childhood to the adult. He has never cost my parents one issue. Now, the only time my brother did something bad, I was the one that took him. That is, do you understand? If every time they were flogging him, you will know that I took him. Do you understand? So I was, this, I was the source of any evil he did, you can attribute it to me. My brother is a perfect example that someone can be, and I'm telling you, not one single, when I mean not one single issue, I'm talking about housework, nothing. You know, it's like you say, go and wash plate. I'm going to say, don't worry, they will not come now. Come, let's play football. And then, you know how the devil sets you up. Immediately, you are just kicking the ball. Then they show up. You say, why have you not watched? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I think this will help one parent here. You settle in your heart that the seed of the righteous will be mighty upon the earth. They are not walking away from it. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how far they go. That confession and that faith they can't leave the house of God. You will do your work. But at the end of the day, your faith will not be in your work. What will your faith be in? In the word of God. Are we blessed tonight? Alright, so we'll, talk, we'll continue from the curses. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I release upon you the grace of supernatural prosperity. In the name of Jesus every curse around your life is broken. Every limitation around your life is broken. I speak over you today by the hand of the Lord. You will look back years from now and realize that where no one in your family have gone, the Lord has opened doors for you there. What no one in your family have achieved, the Lord has opened doors for you there. The works of your hands will be sufficient for you. You will not be a beggar. You will not be a borrower. The Lord in his mercy will prosper you and he will give you success in Jesus mighty name let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap glory to God praise God forevermore amen thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga we encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones for more information and free downloads please visit www.thepastormax.ng we would like to hear from you send us an email info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805 
888 7575. God bless you.